Many individuals try to find success on a daily basis. But what defines this success? Where does it come from? When you find a passion in your life and pursue this passion, everything can come together to form success. This is Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. Our guests will motivate you to take the next step to your success. Now, here's your host, David Wallach. Good morning, y'all, and welcome to our show, uh, Taking Care of Business. Um, Five days ago, December kicked in. It's a very important month for so many people. Uh, For some, it represents growing pressure as we get closer to Christmas. They they remember everyone they have to buy presents to, or maybe they missed someone. Uh, Once they have the list ready, uh, the next pain is probably going to the mall and finding all the presents, finding parking, standing in line. And of course, uh, did they find the right present for the right uh, person? For others, December represents Rocky Mountain, snow, powder, nature, beauty, relaxation, skiing, and snowboarding. My guests today uh, were able to uh, turn their hobby into their work. Jordan Fleming and Brooke Hartwell, owners of Young Brigade Snow and Skate, Canada's premier snowboarding and skateboarding shop for youth and toddlers, right? That's right, Youth Brigade, actually. Youth Brigade. Youth Brigade, Youth Brigade yeah. Good morning, Brooke. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, Jordan. Yeah, well, uh, thank you for being my guest this morning. Hey, it's an honor. Thank yeah, you excited. so much for having us. Well, you don't know if it's an honor yet. Let's, yeah, we'll uh, let's talk in an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got me up a little earlier than I used to. But okay. So, you know, usually we talk about business and we talk about entrepreneurship, but before we talk about all this stuff, we would like to know who the person is and, and you know, learn a little bit more about where you come from, your youth, your family. Mm-hmm. Um, school and everything that is you know creates you as a person before you dive into business when you think mm-hmm. you're mature right. enough to be a business owner um, so <laughs> to learn about your uh, personal life you know we'll have to play ping pong because I have two guests today uh-huh. and uh, it's not family and it's only friendship and uh, so <laughs> you came from two different places so uh, we'll play ping pong and you know what we'll, we'll start with you Jordan yeah absolutely. Um, so where are you from? Where are you born? Where did you grow up? Uh, family's from Winnipeg. Um, born there in uh, 85. I'm the youngest of uh, four. Uh, and then we moved to Calgary in 1990. And um, yeah, that's been home ever since. So how many years did you spend in uh, Winnipeg? I was there for, I guess, my first four years. Okay, so yeah. you don't remember so, much. No, so Calgary's home for me. So um, it's, it's home, Winnipeg's home for the rest of my family. But I see. Yeah, so Calgary's home for me. Everybody is a Jets fan, and you are the Flames fan. Uh-huh. I'll still cheer for the Jets. That's still fun. <laughs> yeah, I think there's people not even from Winnipeg that like cheering for them. So it's yeah, I that's see. A fun team to get behind. Yeah, <laughs> Brock, and you? I am born and raised in Calgary, Alberta. One of a few. One of the few. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're a rarity these days. How, how does it feel to be a minority in your own place? I know, I know. It's a, it's a funny one. You're even people that come in the store from time to time. It's no one's from Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're holding the flag high and yeah, proud. Hard, yeah. You bet. Uh, so uh, stay with you, Brock. So yeah. as a kid, what kind of kid were you? Like, were you a geek? Were you a kind of oh, uh, social animal? I was hyper. I, I was that I was that kid in the trifold in class because I talked too much. So I was a social butterfly, put it that way. That, yeah. yeah, always a talker. I see. That's yeah. perfect for a radio show, as you know. I, I we'll see. I'm, yeah. Yeah. When I, I answer, I might find a new hobby. <laughs> when I answer, when I ask you a question, don't nod, just talk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jordan, you, what kind of kid were you? Um, I think I was pretty passive. I think I was a. I don't like to say. I think I was kind of a pretty good boy. Um, <laughs> I was the youngest of four, so I was pretty put in my place. Oh, I see. What's the age difference? Um, 
my two sisters are in the early 40s, and my brother's five years older than me. And so I think I was a bit of an oops, but so you I'm got, happy to have <laughs> You got beaten a lot by your brother? Uh, he was pretty good to me, but um, like he definitely put me in my place if I ever uh, stepped out of line. Yeah, was, I, had to, I could definitely go back and forth with him verbally, but um, as soon as he got physical, I... Uh, Yeah, dropped out. And, and do you have uh, siblings? I have a little sister. Oh, I, I shouldn't say little. She's 28. <laughs> okay. Well, she's younger. She's you younger, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Let, let, me, let the immigrant help you with your English. Younger, not little. Younger, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Jordan, a question to you. Uh, during your, uh, you know, youth, high school and, and yeah. middle school, were you active in any kind of sports? Uh, yeah. Early on, my, uh, my dad was definitely... Um, a big proponent pushed me into hockey and stuff. Uh, he was a, um, a professional hockey coach um, in the NHL in the, his latter years, but uh, throughout Europe when I was really young in the 90s. And um, so that was always number one for me. Um, we, should, then, yeah. we should mention your dad, uh, Wayne Fleming, that was uh, assistant coach when he was in the NHL, including yeah. for the Flames, I think. He coached the Flames, um, yeah, under Mike Keenan in 2006 uh, and the year before that as well. Um, and yeah, bounced around. He was with six teams in total in the NHL, um, coached in Sweden many years, the Olympics. So I have a question for you. Please. Was there any pressure at home that you'll become a hockey player instead of a, a snowboarder? You no, know, there really wasn't. And I really appreciate that. Um, I was definitely given every opportunity in the world, uh, just from the people that are around and uh, in his instruction. But no, my, my parents were always very good with uh, just kind of letting me lead my path. And they're definitely there to influence a little bit or at least give me guidance and and direction but um no at least i was never verbalized that they were upset that i didn't play hockey any of your <laughs> any of your other siblings are in the hockey uh my older brother played really really well um through he played at notre dame in wilcox saskatchewan um actually played on the same team with uh vincent lecavia and brad richards that became two uh, very successful nhlers uh, stanley cup champions So I stole the ring from Calgary Flames in 2004. Yeah, that one's up to debate. I'm not sure if that's our topic today, but I happen to be a Tampa fan now. I wasn't then, but um, so yeah, don't, uh, yeah, don't pitchfork me for that one. But, no, he played really well. He uh, sustained a really bad concussion his last season when oh. he was about 17, and that put an end to that, it. That but, was the end. Yeah, but then he started snowboarding and skateboarding, um, which that influenced me. Um, he was always probably my number one influence, so... Brooke, and uh, you, any sports activity? Yeah, you know what? I grew up uh, playing hockey. I played hockey till double-A Bantams, so I took it kind of from Tyke all the way up there, and that's kind of what was my passion until about high school, and then kind of found... What, what position did you play? I was a goalie. Oh, okay. That's yeah. some questions. Yeah, around. that'll answer <laughs> some. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I did that all through my latter years in junior high into high school, but then I found snowboarding and the skateboarding world kind of in that realm of grade seven and eight, so junior high up here in Canada, and... kind of went from there to... So let me ask you a question that uh, yeah. Jordan is trying to avoid. So yeah. as a goalie and well, as someone that was born and raised here yeah. and probably watched a hundred times that replay of that uh, game six, Flames, oh, Tampa Bay, yeah. was it a goal or not? I, you know what? I, <laughs> I don't know. With, with the videos we have now, I don't think it would have been a goal. Let's put it that way. Ooh. Uh, I, don't I don't know. It's a hard one. Uh, I, I'm going to go on the Flames side. I have to. <laughs> that would have been a goal. Uh, send me your opinion at dvwallach at gmail.com. Um, 
So, um, any extracurriculum other than sports? Uh, did you work? Did you volunteer during your uh, youth, uh, or just you know hockey and? School? You know what? I, I was hockey. Yeah, I was just a sports guy. Loved activities. Golf. Whether it was oh, I love golf. Yeah. yeah. So does Jordan. We're yeah. big golfers. Hockey, and I'd say snowboarding, and skateboarding were the four big ones for us. The new same to the same day. thing. Like we've been buds since like kindergarten, grade one. Um, okay, so how did you guys meet? I uh, grew up in uh, the community of Parkland. In uh, some cute little communities, yeah, southeast Calgary, just by Deer Run and uh, uh, Bonavista. Um, and so he's going to school. And Jordan was this like mythical creature because <laughs> his dad was always coaching in Sweden. So he'd come back kind of halfway yeah. through the school year. I'd be gone year, for seven months, then come and back. Everyone would be like, "Oh, Jordan Fleming's back. <laughs> or, or, that, that that little redhead's back." <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, going back to school and forget about yeah. Brock for a second. Yeah, if, yeah. if I forget call, me. if we talk with your teachers and your other friends from school, yeah. what will they say about you? Uh, Brock is not objective. Yeah, I think I was well, like a curious subject, like Brock said, certainly in, in Calgary, because yeah, I'd be uh, away. Certainly in the '90s, I'd be in school in Europe, wherever my dad was coaching for um, more than three quarters of the year, and then I'd come back for kind of the last month or two. Um, so yeah, I'd just kind of be that kid that. Oh, he's back, and yeah, no, I think I was I was social, but also a little bit quiet. So um, maybe a bit also in Sweden. That was difficult too because I made the most of it, but um, I moved there in grade two, so nobody spoke English. Uh, so I was just thrown into the school system, didn't know a word of Swedish, and and so, now you speak fluent. I did back then. After the fourth year, I could speak it better than English, but that was twenty years ago now. So unfortunately, I haven't had the opportunity. To <laughs> it. I'm sure if I got dropped in there for about a week, I'd have it back, but. So what will uh, teachers and uh, friends from school will say about Brock? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the same reaction I just gave, they'll probably start with a chuckle before they say any words, uh, reminiscing uh, stories. But no, like, yeah, he was just high, just as now, but really high energy and bouncing around and uh, never a bad kid, but... Brock, what was high, high energy and tough to control? Yeah, yeah, I, I probably was extremely difficult to control. Yeah. Probably asked my grade four that. teacher. Yeah, oh, just yeah. a little far away. Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> I was always going. Yeah. I think my mind's still going all the time. So when did uh, snowboarding and skateboarding became a passion? Because you started with hockey, Brock. Yeah, I, I'd say that um, 12, 13 age, kind of in there when I was kind of in the midst of hockey and then found this other passion outside of it that I think it was a little bit... I loved hockey. I loved the team aspect of it. I learned a lot about teamwork, a lot about just control and how to interact with other people. But um, I think snowboarding was just cool because it was individual. So it's kind of your own determination to get better, to do things. And you just develop a whole other little social network within that that I found just fascinating and I just liked it. And I think a lot of us that we're still friends with to this day that grew up here are still really close buddies and always do it every other weekend where we can. So I don't know much about that sport yeah. or, or that activity. And um, you just... Uh, mentioned uh, playing hockey in the team yeah. environment and versus ska- uh, snowboarding and skateboarding, yeah. which are individual sports, yeah. right? So explain to me, do you compete against time, against people? How does it work? I, I, th- I think it's competing against yourself mm-hmm. and just trying to get better and, and just learning new things because snowboarding and skateboarding itself, you can put them in the same bubble, I guess you could call it. And uh, it's a mental battle because half of it's in your head. And if you feel, feel you can do something and you've practice all this much and you just go for it and and whether it's learning tricks or whether it's just going out and having a good good time with your friends I think it's a lot different and I think even as a goalie I was always an individual anyway so it was kind of it was kind of similar to snowboarding where I was doing my own thing and then I wasn't getting people heckling me when I was letting goals in either so it's a lot better right Um, so so Jordan you uh, 
going back and forth from Europe to Canada, and when did you uh, take uh, snowboarding and skateboarding? Yeah, so as I touched on very briefly, my brother was a really big influence, and still is, um, but uh, he's five years older, so mid-90s, when I was around eight or nine, he got into snowboarding and skateboarding, and he was always watching videos on a VHS and burning out the tapes, and I'd always be bugging him in his room and watching along, and was really fascinated by that culture that I was, I was watching, and so while I was away, he was going to school, uh, like I said, Notre Dame over here. So I didn't get uh, to hang out with him a whole lot. But anytime we'd get together, then, yeah, he'd throw me on the skateboard or I'd try snowboarding. And it was when I moved back to Canada uh, in 2000, uh, back to Calgary for good, that I really submerged myself into it. And that really took over from there. So uh, you're back in Canada. You finished high school. Did you go to university? Uh, yeah. So I went to university in Lethbridge. Okay. Yeah. What did you take? Uh, I uh, came out of there with a philosophy degree. If you can believe it. I, uh, I do believe yeah. it. I uh, studied, uh, studied some business courses here and there. Wasn't really sure what um, I was doing down there for the first couple of years. And uh, finally just found this interest in philosophy and wrote it out. And just I feel the whole time I just knew that as soon as you're out of the university, it's that proving ground that, you know, you can commit to something. And um, I knew I could definitely sell myself uh, wherever I ended up going. But <laughs> I ended up just having to sell myself to myself. So. I see. And uh, did you continue skateboarding and snowboarding during university? Yeah, and that's when I got into the, and Brock will say the same thing for his time in university, but that's when I really got into uh, the industry side of it and working at the store and really figure out the ins and outs and making connections and, um, yeah, really get to know what the side of it's all about rather than just going out and having fun. Um, Brooke, university? Yeah, I went to UFC okay. in Calgary. And okay. I took uh, sociology. Mm. So you got a sociologist and a philosophist running a business. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a recipe for success. <laughs> yeah, right. And we know how to talk to people and how they think. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the hardest part yeah. about it. We can learn the business. Side. So both of you got their diplomas. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what's your what was your first job out of university? First job out of university. So I worked uh, at a store called Mission here in Calgary, which is a snowboard and skateboard shop directed towards obviously the adult market, a little different than us, but. Uh, we uh, worked there through university, and then from there, I met connections in the industry as sales reps. So I just kind of apprenticed under a bunch of sales reps in the industry for a while until we until we opened the store, and we still and, have and, those relationships. As well. And you, uh, what was your first job, Jordan, after university? Uh, I worked for WestJet for a couple of years while we were getting this ready, um, and uh, I would work the mission as well just to kind of keep up with it and stay in the loop. And yeah. So during the uh, job interviews, the what? Psychology, no, philosophy, philosophy and yeah. sociology yeah. really help, right? Oh, yeah, we can yeah. get through those in time, right, Jordan? Uh, Communication is a big part of those. <laughs> things. So, yeah, it's, uh, any, any, anyone else in the family is an entrepreneur, owns their own business? Um, Broke? Yeah, my, my mom was a physiotherapist, and she started her own life coaching business back in the late 90s, early 2000s. So she did that herself that was very successful. Um, Jordan, your side um, no, um, no, not uh, not so much entrepreneurial. My dad definitely took the bull by the horns when he wanted to become a hockey coach, and yeah. I mean that was very yeah. He had a lot of influences, but very self-driven, yeah. but not quite the same. Now, Brooke, I understand uh, you guys are expecting. Yeah, you bet. My wife Devin and I are expecting a little boy in February. And uh, I'm sure that there's already gear in the store on the side. Oh, he, he's going to be looking good. <laughs> he's going to be looking good. Maybe not a good ski snowboarder, but right? he would be. He's going to be looking like exactly. he's doing it. We're going to have a model for the next 16 years. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's going to be all over our Instagram. <laughs> uh, we reached our first commercial break. Uh, open a new tab and check their website, www.youthbrigadess.ca. Um, 
if uh, you know we missed Santa's visit to your store it was yeah, last it was weekend there, right yeah. now you didn't call yeah. uh, <laughs> however if you're still looking for the perfect Christmas gift you'll find plenty ideas on www.youthbrigadess.ca we will be back with you on the other side of the commercials The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I-Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. We're back with our guests, uh, Brooke Hartwell and Jordan Fleming, owners of uh, the Youth Brigade Snow and Skate uh, Canada's premier snowboard and skateboard shop for youth and toddlers. So, guys, enough with the jokes. Now let's focus on business and be a little bit more serious. Just, yeah. joke. we'll, Just joking. We'll try. Uh, so um, you both said that you kind of graduated from university, you had your diplomas, but you s- decided to stay within the industry of the snowboarding and skateboarding. So mm-hmm. when did you guys kind of made a decision that you want to work together? Um. You know what it was? It was funny. It was, this was actually during university. I think Jordan came into town one Saturday, and we were sitting in my place right off 7th Avenue, and we started, I think it was on a napkin. We were like, man, we got to start a 
shop that's just directed towards kids. Because think about this. And we went through all these angles about the industry and where it was at. And there's nothing for youth and everyone makes it. So we had the idea for about, I'm going to say, five, six years before we even put it into yeah, development, right? There. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we, I'd yeah. So I'd say right out of the gate, as soon as we graduated, um, we were ready to put something in action. And how, how long did it take you actually to put that? It was about two years. The business planning. plan was two years. Yeah. Two years. So uh, when did you open the store? Uh, August 2014. So we just celebrated three years and you were in yeah. your fourth in year. In the fourth year, yeah. yeah. So I, I like to talk about um, the idea that um, you, when we did a research, I read uh, somewhere, one of you have mentioned that uh, when you're growing up, um, your equipment came from Sport Check, Sport Mart, Wieners. What's wrong with that? Uh, the quality of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we only got 40 more minutes. Uh, uh, yeah, there's definitely uh, differences just from if you're looking at outerwear, the warm, like the lack of warmth, uh, waterproofing is a big thing. Uh, a lot of parents coming in who aren't fully educated on um, what makes a good winter coat, and they're just looking for something big and puffy and something these can't move in. Uh, technology's come a long way uh, in many years, um, where now it's uh, layering is a big importance. So having something that's nicely insulated, but waterproofing is the most important, and uh, something that's going to stop the wind as well, and also be breathable. Um, so yeah, something that you can also layer up into. So you have a perfect coat, whether it's so, minus five or minus twenty. So what you're saying is that youth and kids didn't have kind of that specialty in clothing or equipment. A few places would, but it'd be very difficult to find. Like North Face has always had a good program, um, but a lot of these snowboard brands too that make great, great gear, uh, they weren't doing it focused on the kids, but nowadays you have parents that are snowboarders themselves, so they want to get their kids into the same gear that they're riding. Um, mm-hmm. And now that it exists, but we actually have a, so a they, marketplace that they can get it, find the, gear, just find it. The industry, the snowboard industry, we'll talk about that, has hit a level now where there are, like Jordan said, so many parents getting into it. So this is a brand new niche, you could call it, or gap in the industry that really hasn't been tackled yet. So, and we and we saw it even a couple of years before, and that's why we just decided to try to be the first ones to do it, and it's been working out. So now I understand why my kids were always complaining when they skiing <laughs> that they were cold because as an immigrant I bought the first coat that I saw. Yeah. Say go skiing. Go skiing. I was seeing a uh, sitting at uh, at the coffee shop or at the hot tub waiting for them. Yeah. So that okay. No. Sorry, kids. Yeah. Well, you get some parents like you know, and it's I understand like it, it does get expensive, but when parents are getting stuff like Joe Fresh or Winners and stuff like that, that just it's not going to stand up. So. so so, basically what you're saying to me right now is um, you're kind of uh, need to educate a lot of people. Yeah. That the, the youth and the toddlers have the same equipment, mm-hmm. but yeah, someone has to find it and you can't find it in their kind of, you know, common stores, let's call them. No, that's exactly right. And that's, parents are willing to spend a fortune on themselves. Um, I understand the kids are growing. It does get expensive. But yeah, if you're willing to spend $700 on your own winter jacket, but only 50 on your kids, um, I, they need a little bit more than uh, than we do because we can tough it out. But we just do what our if kids are happy. To us. Yeah, if you, yeah. <laughs> and nowadays, kids are a lot more safe. If they're not happy, then no one's happy. So <laughs> don't ruin a day for you. Now, um, I I was involved in a few partnerships in my life. And, um, you know, one of the biggest things that uh, I find over my 30-some years of career is that sometimes uh, you go into partnership as a friend and the friendship disappears. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's vice versa. You go into partnership with someone you don't know, but then you become friends. So 
Brooke, what did you find in Jordan? And Jordan, what did you find in Brooke? Did you just said, you know what, this is the guy, I, I'm a friend, but I, I can also work with and open my and do my career with, with him together. Yeah, I mean, and, and people... And don't say he completes me, okay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, we, and it's funny, we, we get that all the time. People ask us, oh, going into business with a friend, oh, going, and it's always that, that set stigma around it, but don't get me wrong, there's a lot of friends that I definitely would not go into business with, that I love to death as friends, but I think Jordan and I are very different, just very different socially, just the way we think. Jordan's way better with numbers than I am. Like he handles that side of it a lot better than I do. I obviously love to talk a lot more. Um, And I I just think we we just kind of are yin and yang. And if we do have a difference, we can battle it out. But then we're just like, yeah, you know what? We learned from it and we kind of move on. And we're we're still working on that. Don't get me wrong. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's just a good positive relationship that way. No, that's very true. And it's knowing each other for as long as we have, there definitely is more of like a brother relationship there, which Mm -hmm. yeah, if there's little tips and stuff, we can have it out and then step back and shake it off. Uh, and like we've, you know, before this, we worked about four or five different jobs together, just even growing up. So oh, yeah. we've been through all this and yeah, definitely except the yin and yang where, um, I think I'm a little more methodical with stuff. Uh, Brock definitely goes and gets it. Uh, so we kind of, I guess Brock's shooting for the sun and I keep him a little more grounded. So we balance out <laughs> in the, we balance out in the ether there and make I, I don't remember which uh, person said it, but if you don't shoot for the stars, you'll never land on the moon. No, that's true, but if you overshoot, then you get burned up with the sun, so <laughs> I got I to got pull some gravity back on him a little bit. So basically, Jordan is the brother you never had. But yeah, you put it that way, right? Uh, um, so you guys describe yourself everywhere as Canada's premier shop. So what yeah. is unique about your shop that you are the, the Canada premier for youth and toddlers? I think the way we put it that way is because we're, from here to the ocean, we're kind of the only ones that have really directed towards the kids market in Western Canada. So, so you're a premier because you're the only one? <laughs> hey, good. It's all about branding, right? And, <laughs> and we've, we've worked in the industry long enough that we're, we're nerds when it comes down to it, right? So we know all the tech, everything that's happening, what's happening three years from now, we probably know what's going on. Like it's, so it just, we just have the knowledge to give that customer the confidence what they need to make sure their kids get what they need to have fun out there, right? And that's what we just want to promote is fun, right? Like, mm-hmm. so make sure they're having fun. Yeah. Now, I saw in, in one of the pictures, you have a ramp in your store. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you have a mini skateboard ramp. Um, Tons of lessons. Kind of initially just went in there just to be a visual thing and that we could play on kind of after hours. Uh, but then we've since expanded it and, yeah, we offer skateboard lessons. and In the store. Yeah. In the store and kind of around the area and... Um, but I'm, I guess I'm over the age. Hey, come on in. We'll there's get no, you no age limits. If you're willing to. <laughs> what about weight limits? <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, you see, there's some big boys though. Yeah, there. we got some. Yeah, yeah we got some yeah. boys there. Um, I see. Um, yeah, they can handle it. Big boy Foy. Jamie Foy is uh, one of the 19 year olds. Do you also have kind of a flat ramp that I can practice on? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we always, we'll start you out on the flat surface for you. I you see. Cassandra, when are we going to practice? <laughs> yeah. um, Jordan, you know, uh, partnerships can be complicated. Yeah. And uh, the, the, I would say the test comes when you have to make decisions. And sometimes, you know, uh, you think one way, Brock may say, think another, uh, another kind of has another vision. And so how do you guys um, 
make decisions when there is a split kind of yeah. on the way you you see you look at things. I think the most important thing, and one thing we've been really good at, is delegating roles from the very beginning. Uh, finding, you know, finding, uh, sorry, finding our strengths, um, and uh, and really sticking to them and doing what what we do best. So, like Brock said, on the number side, I control all the financial stuff. Just make sure everything's in order there. Um, Brock's got a great eye with his uh, history, like in the repping game. Um, great eye for like ordering and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, every um, every point down the line, um, we kind of split it and take our roles and definitely um, talk so to each you, other. But we have so you want to tell me that in three and a half years you didn't have any kind of dispute or argument on a, on, a, on one decision? Um, no, well, there's no, never been a screaming match or anything. No, We're like, good at that. No, maybe you know, we'll, it's, we'll, you know, we'll have yeah. our, we'll have our own opinions on things. Yeah. Whether because I mean, when it comes to because we're always ordering a season ahead. So in a month, we're going to be looking. We're already ordering for next fall. So we have to put together numbers and how much to do in this and how much to do in that. And that can get. Well, I don't know, Jordan. I don't want to do that. And and we just it's a constant battle with that. And Jordan's colorblind, so he's hard. He can't really help me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes it, that makes it. Yeah, there's no debate on ordering products. <laughs> but no, we we obviously have we have disagreements when it comes to things. But I think that because we've delegated roles, and if I can tell anyone that starts a business, have roles for each of you. That's the, and, and that's I think what saved it from mm-hmm. us even having battles because we know what we want, we we know what we need to do, and we do our job. Yeah, it allows us to discuss and debate things. Exactly. But then there is someone who owns that role that will make kind of the final decision. And, and, and if you make a mistake, you admit it. That. Yeah. yeah, and if you make and a mistake, you go, sorry, I shouldn't have done it that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the other guy goes, I told you. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> the fun part. Yeah. <laughs> and you bite your lip. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we mentioned uh, the big boys or the big stores. Uh, how do you compete, uh, you know, with the big guys? How do you guys compete with the big guys mm-hmm. on, on, on the client Service. Uh, service is number one. Um the product that we have, if you absolutely need to, and you can do a lot of searching and pay money to find it online or somewhere else if you need to, but the number one thing that we offer is um, just our service, our education, uh, just to make sure that parents know they're getting exactly what they need. They're investing in their child, um, so making sure that they're getting their money's worth, everything fits properly, um, and just our our personalities too. I think it's a fun experience when people come into the store. and. Uh, if you're going to do brick and mortar, that you have to offer that. You can't just offer a product. Um, there has to be more. There has to be experience there. I agree. Like brick and mortar, I think is extremely important, especially in we'll say the service industry, boot fitting, board fitting, ski fitting, all that stuff. And uh, you got to create, like Jordan said, an experience for the, for the parents and and the child itself. Like the the fact that hey, go run around on the ramp and have fun. We get like loyal customers that have been there since day one. That all their kids talk about is coming to the store. So it's that. It's that constant reminder that, okay, you got to create that fun, positive environment. Yeah, we're babysitting a lot. There's a Sobeys right near us, so parents will go into Sobeys. And, and drop their kids pan. off. <laughs> so we're like Uncle Brock and Jordan in half of Southwest Calgary. Um, you know, everybody's talking about the changing face of retail in oh, yeah. today's. Uh, oh, yeah. So what what is, do you see an advantage being a boutique, a local locally owned and yes. a boutique store? And how do you yeah. kind of send this message to your clientele? <laughs> I think the biggest thing is, um, yeah, coming down to just being able to, because snowboarding and skiing and stuff, like, the fit is so imperative. Uh, if you have a boot that doesn't fit, you're not going to want to go out and use the rest of your gear. So buying online T-shirts and things like that, I guess, is easy. But when you're buying something that has to fit perfect, um, it's a really scary gamble. And so, yeah, that's what we we bring you in just to make sure that you get exactly what you need. And um, 
we definitely do. We're working to improve the, the our online presence as well. But um, no, the most important is people come in and have that connection and be able to walk away saying I got exactly what I needed. Do you cater to kids or do you cater to the parents? Uh, you know what? Like, we, I, I'm going to say, from my opinion on it, we're obviously selling to the parents. So the kids are there. They're going to buy kind of what their kids want, but we are selling to the parents. So depending on the age, when you get the six to eight-year-olds in there, they don't really hum and haw about stuff, but you get the 10 to 12, that's when they kind of get more involved with colors and wanting stuff. But in most cases, we've it's selling to the parents, and we can tell by certain times of the day, 10 to 2, it's mom's grocery shopping. Anything in the afternoon is dad coming in for the snowboards and all the hard goods. So you definitely see the different, the gap in who comes in at what times, which is really interesting about it. So we've just learned to cater towards that. I don't know, do you want to add anything to that, Jordan? So when you sell to the yeah. parents, yeah. Um, are they big on social media or it's more on a one-to-one well, and, and other Social ways? media is huge, mom groups. Yeah, mom groups. Really mom big. groups on the internet. And that's where you focus more cool on Facebook. Can I have a few of those addresses? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of that after. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like Facebook's really important for the yeah, our generation, like in their 30 plus. Um, but then Insta- Instagram for the kids. Yeah, like we can't, like obviously we sell, we give a good impression to the parents, but we get the kids excited for the gear. But obviously, mom and dad are actually shelling out for it. So. Um, that's why our store is, uh, it's a place that, it's not your traditional skate shop that there is like a sour attitude in there and some people feel like they don't belong in there. It's, we want, we want the kids, we want the kids to feel welcome, feel stoked, but at the same time. So let me guess really, that the ramp is a selling feature. Uh, it's pretty big in there. Kids, yeah, yeah, kids get huge. to come in and take yeah. a look at it and then yeah. we'll show them a little example of us skateboarding and then mm-hmm. get that little five-year-old, six-year-old be like, yeah, and, I want one. And it's stuff like that. <laughs> it's, and it's stuff like that that we'll post on our on our Instagram account because that's catering to the kids love Instagram. Yeah. And then we'll do completely different stuff that's we notice on Facebook because Facebook's our generation and up. So to attract that, mm-hmm. the moms and the dads that are coming in. So. Well, we'll talk about social media yeah. after the break. Totally. Uh, we already reached our second commercial break. Oh, and, right. uh, fine, go to uh, youthbrigade.ss.ca. Uh, Make sure to follow them on Instagram and like them on Facebook. And we will meet you here on the other side of the commercials. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, 
career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. We are back uh, for the last portion of today's Taking Care of Business with our guests, Jordan and Brooke, uh, owners of Youth Brigade Snow and Skate here in Calgary. So, guys, uh, let's uh, dive a little bit of kind of a, on the philosophy side of business. Uh, Ooh, okay. um, so, did you guys have any mentors that kind of along the way influenced you and in how to do th- uh, things in your own industry? Uh, um, yeah, like I definitely learned a lot from the... I guess you could say for from the retail side, like I learned a lot from working at a snowboard shop and understanding how it's run, how to interact with customers, and then being a sales rep for uh, reps in Calgary, I used the head guys as mentors to learn the buying aspect, how retailers interact with the reps. So I've kind of had a, I've kind of had the back end influence and the front end influence. So I think that's helped a lot with how successful we've been. I think Jordan, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's just, um, yeah, like how we created the store and the philosophy for the store is taking all of our favorite aspects from the shops that we worked at or used to hang out at frequently. Good point. Um, bringing all that in, uh, and it's kind of leaving out some of the things that we didn't agree with. Um, yep. And ego is sometimes a big thing in some of the traditional skate shops. But um, I'll uh, I'll happily plug uh, like Mission Stone Skate where Brock and I kind of got our starts, and they've been a huge influence and. Uh, Ken, the owner there, definitely instilled that service is number one, that you know people can go anywhere to get the stuff, but they want to come here for us, and that's definitely something we brought along with us. Um, and then, well, Brock's mom's been a big influence, too, with her um, kind of life coaching history and definitely keeping us on, on the right path. Uh, yeah, so so you use uh, your mom as a coach for you guys? Yeah, my mom, Dawn Hartwell, she, uh, yeah, she's been a business coach and a life coach for, I'd say, 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. So she definitely helped us. She, we still have weekly meetings with her. She keeps us grounded. That's probably another reason why we haven't got into very many battles because she kind of levels yeah. us out when the stress gets high. Um, yeah, and she helped us with our business plan, which took us two years to even get before we even opened the store, which was cool. So, yeah, she's been a big influence on, on our success for sure. Now, earlier, Brooke, you mentioned that um, that whole idea started on a napkin on 7th Avenue yeah. many, many years ago. Yeah, yeah. Not that you're too old but yeah. a few years ago yeah, yeah. Um, so when you kind of decided to launch uh, your uh, new shop did you guys have a mission vision purpose that you put on paper yeah. or it was just okay we know what we're doing we worked for missions we yeah. worked for this store I was a rep I was doing yeah. service okay well, let's open a store I, I think at first we thought we knew everything <laughs> like oh yeah we got this <laughs> yeah. just give us f- four walls we'll put what we need in it 
But no, it, it definitely, and I think um, developing that business plan, our mission statement, our vision, everything throughout the business plan from page one to 58, whatever it was, yeah. came with a lot of thought. And, that, and that, I, think that, that, I think that taught us patience because I'm very gung-ho, let's just get this done. And it was hard for me to get, but it, I'm happy it went. we went through that process because we wouldn't be where we were. Yeah, the idea evolved that. a lot in those two years. Yeah. Sure. So the idea evolved a lot in those two years from, yeah, just an idea that a couple of kids had to something that's sustainable and yeah and, and, and when you prepared your mission vision and purpose was it just the two of you or you got someone involved or no your it mom? was it, it was yeah. us yeah it was jordan and i yeah there were exercises that yeah that donnie helped us out just kind of put us into the, the right mind frame and um yeah there's a lot of the exercises we did where we were kind of separated and wrote down our own ideas for what we saw and then we combined them and more times than not like we were right on point with each other so it's now, three and a half years later, yeah. is it the same mission, vision, purpose, or you need to do an update? Um, I think our vision and our mission towards what we're, our goals are are the same, and we just wanted to create a store that caters to kids and get them involved in an industry that we're passionate about. But I think on the business side of things, we've noticed, like, like the skateboard ramp, for example, our skateboard lessons, we've definitely adapted to ways to make the store successful. Like, like, like we said is... Brick and border isn't just coming in and buying something anymore. It's an experience. You have to create an experience for that consumer to want to come back and talk to you and see you. And I think we've done a pretty damn good job at creating that. Do you have a good coffee machine for the parents? No, but we got beer in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can, can you skate and be and drink? Yeah, yeah. Is it legal to skate and drink? <laughs> uh-huh. I'm getting a lot again. Yet. No, not yet. Um, Going back to, uh, we mentioned social media before uh, we went on the commercial break, and I want to go back because when we did the research, I've noticed that you have only Facebook and Instagram on your your website. Mm -hmm. I didn't find your LinkedIn. I did find Brooks' uh, LinkedIn, but Jordan, I didn't find yours. Um, what about Twitter, YouTube? I know the uh, LinkedIn. I, I know the parents go to LinkedIn, mm-hmm. but I know my kids, for example, yeah. YouTube is big for them. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys with all the videos, how mm-hmm. come you don't have more social media exposure? No, YouTube's one that we've definitely chatted about and we want to get going. It's probably be a focus for 2018, uh, once the summer rush ends, or the uh, Christmas rush ends. And um, yeah, we have some downtime in January, February. We'll probably look to do that. Because yeah, if you see on our Instagram, we have a lot of really fun videos that we make. Um, that I think are pretty entertaining that more people would like to see and uh, we just need to get down and do that. Twitter is one that we both don't really understand or um, I don't know, I just don't find it as necessary just to hear my comments. Um, like people want to see what's going on out there and what the product is and a lot of visual. But well, I think for us as, as a retail storefront, it's visual. So people want to see what we have. Whereas instead of saying what we have, it doesn't really do any justice. Whereas seeing and like in, in our Instagram is, is our definitely our. Mm-hmm our bread and butter for that stuff. But we, we obviously can always get better. I'm not saying oh, we, yeah. we, we, we need to utilize more. We just need to it's be confident in utilizing I know there's not a huge base of our customers that use Twitter as much. Um, Instagram's huge. Uh, the one that we need to get better well, at is Snapchat. But. I want to go back to what you just said mm-hmm. when you talk about the customers. So we, before the break, we talked to your customers. I asked you, is your customer the toddler or the youth or the parents? Right. Uh, do you know how many parents are on Twitter? There are a few, but the people coming into our store, no one's ever really commented on it. Um, and the big thing is, like, for the toddlers, that's to get the parents in from social media. A lot of the time, even though we are selling to the parents, it's the kids that see our product and say, Mom, we need, to, we need to go to Youth Brigade to get on that Instagram. stuff. Yeah. Um, and then when they come in, then obviously then we make the kid feel like um, at home and comfortable, but we're also directing our 
um, our service to the fans. So we should expect to see you on YouTube uh, in 2018. That's for yeah, look for a channel. Yeah, look for a channel. Yeah, we'll have to create one. Yeah, no, we'll have some fun with that for sure. I mean, yeah. it's been an idea for a while. We just got to find the time to make it happen now. Yeah, for me, the whole industry is what I see on TV and Bamf okay. when I go and I see yeah. all those uh, videos. Right, uh, mm-hmm. that's the industry for me. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, so. Where do you see Youth Brigade in five years? Uh, five years, I mean, we, we obviously have a plan that we're trying to follow as, as best we can. And I think we've seen, uh, we've seen quite a bit of success in the going into year four, but we just don't want to, I think Jordan said it well, we don't want to um, we don't expand too quickly because that's when businesses tend to hit the drain pipe at time to time. So we just want to do it slow and just keep it organically growing. We'd obviously love to have another store in Calgary. Um, a big focus is our online store. So we have a couple of good friends that work in that whole tech world that Jordan and I don't have a lot of knowledge in. That So I think 2018, we're really going to focus on our online store presence. And then obviously from there, just another storefront in Calgary we'd love to have. And then just kind of our Edmonton has been a great idea. We have a great customer base in Edmonton that always wants us to have a store there. We're sending them product all the time. Um, so it's definitely going to grow. We just got to that's the next stepping stone in this journey that we're just trying to figure out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so when is the next uh, st- uh, store going to be open, Jordan? Uh, we're figuring that out. Obviously, when we opened up, like the, the month before we opened, Calgary was doing amazing. And then about <laughs> a month later, the bottom Boom. fell out. And uh, it was a little scary uh, thinking about what was going to happen there. But no, like, we're really proud of what we've achieved in the three years, considering how Calgary's economy has been. At the same time, we've had to kind of go back to the drawing board and adjust some of our projections and expectations. But uh, no, so definitely within the next five years, it'd be great to have uh, a second location there, um, probably in the city, and then expand it from there. Corporate or franchise? That's a tough one, because I love, I love to have control. That's of, where we have different opinions on yeah, things, I think. <laughs> I like to have control of what's happening in the store. Um, if all of a sudden it's someone that I've just met and he's taking over and... <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll see how we evolve. Okay, as, so as we brought up the dispute between the partners. <laughs> Uh-oh. There's uh, all their show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> are you guys involved in any kind of community or volunteer as a local entrepreneur? Um, we've, we, we're involved with the kids in a sense that um, our, one of our good friends, Danny Mannix, who runs our Youth Brigade Snowboard Club, so he has a bunch of kids he takes out to COP twice a week, which is the local hill here in town. So he gets that kind of, it's just a fun, positive vibe, just getting kids together to go out snowboarding and just have fun. Nothing very competitive, just learning the industry and just having fun. So we do that. We also do a couple coat drives for schools in in the city as well. So par- parents will drop off coats and such at the store and we, we donate it to kids in need, things like that. So we definitely get involved whenever we can. So uh, how important uh, do you feel uh, is it for the local entrepreneur to be involved in the community and, and volunteer? Well, I think 100%. Huge. Um, a huge, yeah, a great way that uh, people become aware of us is through word of mouth and it's our positive influences that make people want to talk about us and um, that's obviously not the main drive. It's to, it's to be able to give back and get kids excited for it. And um, do, you get the kids, the, do you get the kids involved? The, the, your client, the kids' client? Um, in helping you with community or charity or volunteer? Um, that sort of stuff we want to do more of as um, as we have a little more time to ourselves. In, in the three years, it has just been, it's Brock and I in the store every single day making it happen, um, just being that presence there. So, yeah, as things continue to grow and we have more time to reach out. Um, one thing that was really cool last summer, though, uh, Councillor Ward Sutherland uh, came in and 
we helped him out uh, to donate 10 skateboards and helmets and pad sets to the Bowness Boys and Girls Club, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And that's something we'd love to do more of is get involved with the Boys and Girls Clubs and um, yeah, just be able to make skateboarding a little more accessible to uh, to those who <clears throat> maybe don't have the opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, three and a half years, share with me. Mm-hmm. Be, don't be shy now. Yeah. Um, one or two mistakes that you think you've done along the way that if you had today to mentor oh. the new, the next generation of people that want to become entrepreneurs, you'll say, yeah. you know what, we've done this mistake along the way. Yeah. I recommend maybe you should yeah. try to yeah. pass bypass or avoid yeah. those mistakes. I would say, I got two quick points. So I'd say inventory control. When you first open a business, we, we kind of were trigger happy. And... <laughs> We fixed the it. The numbers guy gave yeah, you we, free. Yeah, we gave you the go and it didn't work <laughs> out. Put a lot of shoes, let's put it that way. Um, and then another one I think is... Um, still getting to find that. Another really important one I think is is a mistake that I feel I've made is um, work-life balance. Whereas I find Jordan and I have put so much energy into this that I find a hard time shutting it off when I'm around my wife and things like that. So I just, I'm doing better at it. But I think, I think it's a really important to have that, even if it's an hour a day where you just shut your phone off and don't look at emails, I think that's very important. Uh, does she snowboard? Or? Devin? Yeah. Oh yeah, everything, she loves it. <laughs> yeah. Jordan, what do you feel were one or two mistakes that you've made along the way? Um, yeah, the inventory was the biggest one where I think we had an idea that we wanted to open the store looking like we've been open for a while and so we stocked it up and then realized, okay, wait, we gotta develop this client base first. Uh, so that was the biggest correction. Um, so just being aware of that and just, um, yeah, being cautious, uh, when you're first ordering. Um, but it's, since then it's been great because now we've actually learned who our customers are, who's actually coming through the door, where at the beginning, there's no precedent for this idea of a kid store. So there's not a lot of research we could have done on this demographic. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of learning and now we have a better idea of who's actually coming in, what kids want, uh, the brands that are involved. Um, we also kind of came in with, uh, maybe a slightly outdated perception of where the industry was just because we're acting as ourselves. Um, so bringing in brands that were big when we were younger yeah, yeah. and then not realizing, oh, kid, kids actually aren't into this brand anymore. Uh, so we got to switch our focus there. So um, questioning uh, our customers all the time and getting their influence on what should uh, be in the store has been big. You still are both of you are active snowboarding and skateboarding? Yep. As much as we can, yeah. Snowboarding, it gets a little more difficult to get out as much as we used to um, with the store, but having the ramp on the back, we still get to skateboard every day, so that's great. And still get out once every couple of weeks to snowboard. Being an active, you know, fan of the sport and active in the sport, does it influence your decision sometimes that you go a little bit overboard in your decision because this is what I want to do, or this is what I enjoy doing, and... And then you find out, oh, we shouldn't have done that uh, or shouldn't have done this equipment, bought this equipment because the kids, it doesn't feed the kids. Again, I think that was more prevalent in the beginning. And then we kind of, that was, again, a mistake that we kind of corrected. And now it's um, like we own the store, but we're not the boss. The kids are the boss. Um, it's what they want to. The parents are the boss. <laughs> so nowadays, like, I don't know, it's not the same as when I was a kid. I didn't get many choices on what I got to war and stuff. Now every four-year-old is kind of dictating the play. And yeah. They're saying, I want this. And so. And the parents give up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it seems to. Just not to, let, to, to listen to the cry. Yeah. So yeah, happy child, happy family. So uh, Jordan, now uh, 
you know, there's also a positive side. So you did a few things probably well when you started the shop, not just the bad yeah. thing. Oh, absolutely. Not just thing you regret. So again, same question, but reverse in a positive way. If I, if you had to mentor someone today, what are the good two good things that uh, you think you, you guys have done and you recommend the, the next generation of entrepreneurs that this is what you should do? I think the biggest thing is knowing knowing what's missing in the industry, which is exactly what we did. There was nothing for kids. Um, and so that's what we sought out because we knew that there were more people like us that realized this and were having a tough time finding gear. So whatever avenue you're going to venture down, uh, you just got to find a gap in the industry that you know exists and you know other people are wishing happen as well and um, it's offering what people need. Um, Brock? Yeah, I, I, I agree with Jordan 110%. I think if you... Jordan, I obviously love this snowboard and skateboard industry and I mean you open just a normal shop in town it wouldn't have worked because it's there's that's already been done so it's finding an, an industry that you're passionate about and and take a take an angle at it that's never been done before and we always had the idea which is cool we just it was always an idea and we put it into action which which was cool yeah, I think being passionate is the number one thing yeah, too is definitely. not just going into something that oh I, I don't know anything about phones but I see this yeah thing I can exploit and make some money off a of phone. Like snowboarding is very, and skateboarding, yeah. the culture is very tight and they can see through that. So if it was just some guy who had a bunch of money and said, hey, I can just exploit this industry and open up a kid's store even though I don't know anything yeah. about it, it wouldn't be the same. And, and, and even as, 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 as entrepreneurs, communication is huge. Communication. If you have a problem, just talk about it. That's a, that's one, I can, I can mentor anyone, just don't billow it in. Just talk about it. Um, which leads me to the next question. Oh. What have you, so Brooke, I'll start with you, because right. you mentioned this communication and, right. and talking. What have you learned about yourself in this journey of three and a half years? Um, I have learned, as much as maybe doesn't sound like it the way I talk, I've, I think I've developed a little, a lot more patience when it comes to things, whereas I like things right away, and I think it's taken this amount of time till we've seen, okay, this is, we're seeing the numbers, we're seeing this, and it's starting to we're coming out of the whole, like the tunnel, right? So, and it's cool to see it just from that, that much hard work and what you can get. And um, I think patience is the biggest thing. But I'm still working on it, but I think patience is the biggest thing. <laughs> Jordan, what have you learned about yourself? Um, one thing Brock's really helped me instill in me is um, uh, being, uh, you know, thankful for little milestones and things like that. I seem to get a bit of a tunnel vision where, We'll hit little milestones, but I'm still focused on that end goal and won't really celebrate those things. Um, I just I just want to see that end product. But that's one thing that um, yeah I've definitely been able to develop is an appreciation for the steps along the way and being able to take a step back and okay you know what we did that that was really cool now enjoy it and then we'll move forward on to the next one. We have less than two minutes. Wow, Pro- probably a minute and a half. So yeah. quickly, what is the one thing you've learned about Brooke that you didn't? kind of notice on your friendship before you started a business together? Ooh, that's tough because we knew each other for You have time to think. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm Thank you for, for asking, asking me a second. Um, <laughs> Quick. I, Quick, Jordan. I'd say, yeah, his determination and drive. Broke? Um, I'd say how... Um, how I, I, you know what? I think I've learned patience from Jordan. Perfect. Honestly. Yeah. So we reached the end of today's episode of Taking Care of Business. I would like to thank my guest, Jordan Fleming, uh, to my left, and Brock Hartwell to my right, owners yeah. of Youth Brigade Snow and Skate, Canada's premier snowboard and skateboard shop, dedicated to youth and toddlers. Next week, I will host uh, 
new uh, guests with new stories. Uh, a big thank you to our listeners, as usual, and f- to our engineer, Aaron, and Cassandra, our production PR manager. Our life, I would love to hear back from you at dvwallock at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, like us on Facebook, and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll meet you here next week, December 12th, at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, at voiceamerica.com slash variety. Your host, David Wallach. Thank you for listening to Taking Care of Business. Please join David Wallach again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we talk again, make your week as great as you want it.